ready right now. Are you not ready? I'm ready. I'm waiting for you. Well, no, I'm I'm ready and I'm willing and I'm able to rock and roll all night. What film is that from? Transformers: The Last Night. Gremlins Two. Uh, yeah. Clearly, someone wasn't paying attention in Hulk Hogan's school. You're gonna get the on with school one of, of your the erotic arts. You're gonna get on with one of your nonsense so, rants. Yeah, we're gonna start this. So, and it's now today, the year of our Lord, September sixteenth, twenty seventeen. So far this year, we've been handed. Well, the was up on Monday. So far this year, we've had a bunch of shit sandwiches come our way. You know, it's just it's not been a great year for the. So the last sandwich I had was ham, egg, and lettuce. That sounds like there's a lot of processed food in that, and then lettuce. It's nice. Anyway. Oh, and tomorrow. Anyway, so that's besides the point. Have you got Tetris in your retro five. Anyway, that's besides the point as yeah. well. Um, it's it's just been a crap year, hasn't it? It's like entertainment's been good. I think that that you know, planes are of, doing well. What planes are doing well? Planes are doing well. Brexit's doing well. Yeah, that's us exporting one of our greatest greatest uh, assets, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only thing the only thing that we actually possibly have, and we're driving most of the intelligent, educated people to other countries where they're paid more. And don't have to put up with as, much, with as much shit. And all the old folk can go live in Spain. And all the old people can come back from Spain because they won't be able to live there anymore because yeah. we fucked up all our relationships with every other country. <coughs> so anyway, this great apocalypse, before we get into the reviews, I'd like to talk about something that I think is close to both of our hearts. Dangerous anal sex acts. So let me explain. I recently got into what they call extreme anal insertions not on myself just watching online I'm a casual observer for now uh, but the things that women can stick in their anus and men in some instances when you click on the wrong link the things that people can stick into their anuses so my question to you as a member of the Crit Apocalypse podcast what do you think you'd be able to shove right up into your dingus in a time of struggle like what's the biggest thing you reckon you can get up there and how would you use it in like, say, let's say the apocalypse that we're dealing with is nuclear in, in fashion. I don't think that would help. Well, no, like, <coughs> raiders aren't going to kill you. Because if they kill you, there's an opportunity in the future to rob you again. So they're not going to kill you. But if you've got like a, a split second to go, this is something I'm going to need in the wasteland. I need to shove this right up my rectum. What is the item that you take and you just fucking power up into your arsehole? Like you can like think of it this way, like a little snub nose gun. If you got a gun, shove that right that up in there. Go off for like no you can't reason. go off for no reason. It's already been proved that that doesn't happen. So like I don't know, like how about an inflatable raft? Well, with when the water's like a, gone, like a compressed one. Well, That'd that be is, water. It'd be radiated. There's never any water. No, we it'll be radiated. There's never water it'd be in horribly apocalypse. radiated. Are you... We're not talking about Mad Max apocalypse. That's that, Australia. That's, that's when the spiders take over. We're talking about like good old fashioned blighty apocalypse. Bombs have gone off around the corner. We've got a bit of the rads. The land's not looking too great, and there's some people. Blighty apocalypse sh- would be there's no tea in Morrison's. No, you've seen you've seen Fredo is now forty p. Uh, what was the film? Taps? No, not taps. What Fred's. Was? Yeah, Fred's. You've seen Fred's. That's when a nuclear bomb goes off in Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, what are you showing up your bum bum? 
What are you putting in your bum? If at all possible. A whole reel of digestive biscuits? Honestly, if you're talking about surviving an apocalyptic scenario, you you want to be putting up your bum bum the local king's up dick, really, don't you? You that would ensure. You reckon that you are prime real estate for the king to come along and start shoving it in you? Just, I mean, if you want to keep yourself alive. What would be the situation in which you find yourself in a way like. If you want to keep yourself alive and so have the comfiest gonna... life possible, <laughs> so you're gonna go up that's to the... what you'd put up your butt. So you're going to go up to the king and you're just going to strip completely naked and be like, right, well, I've had it. Clearly, you want this grade A piece of arsehole. Uh, you, gotta, you don't just. You don't, you don't just go for anyone. You've you got to seduce him. Yeah, you got to seduce him first. <laughs> How would you seduce the king of the apocalypse? Just have a bit less grease on me. A bit less grease than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Hygiene's going to be your number one. Yeah. And then, how about it. like, are you going <laughs> to... You probably would appreciate it in that situation. What sort of dowry are you going to be bringing to the table? Like, if, like, if, say, you like, what what do you think his investment in this relationship is going to be from you? Not Lots just of pre-Brexit Toblerones. Some pre-Brexit <laughs> So they're complete elves. Yeah. Not the sub- <laughs> so you're gonna go to the king of the apocalypse. So let's just map out this scenario, just because I'm losing my mind. This is incredible. He says I'm going to the king. What if I am the king? So you reckon you're gonna? So you're gonna somehow come into power using only your delicious non-greasy arsehole and a bunch of pre-Brexit Toblerones? Mm. You're gonna bring. So you're gonna come into the. The castle. You're going to slam down your currency, which is the Toblerones, and your arsehole. You're like, I'm running this now, guys. Look at this. I'm the cleanest. I've got the best arsehole. I've got a bunch of Toblerones. Don't don't talk to Matt. He's going to be the new jester because he's got an inflatable raft shoved up there. It's only halfway up there because it's not got, it's not yeah, got very... So if you see the cord hanging out, yeah, just pull yeah. it. He's not got, he's not got a very pliable arsehole. Mm. He tried to shove a whole raft up there. What was he expecting? There's no water left. I clearly had the right idea by getting these lovely, juicy Toblerones. <laughs> I've got these in about 16 Terry's chocolate oranges out back. I'm ready for the apocalypse. Mm. So, and here we are at Chris Apocalypse. <laughs> this is episode 72, 71? 72. 72. Nice. 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 So what we do here is we review, we each review four things every every um, two weeks, and it's four Ish. things, yeah, it's four <laughs> things that we've watched or read or listened to or you know just enjoyed in any way or not enjoyed, and we want to warn people about. Um, this week, and you're first. Am I? All right. Yeah, you are. <clears throat> so I'll uh, I'll let you take the reins. You you non greasy Toblerone wielding king of the apocalypse. Look at my asshole as well. Look how clean my asshole is compared to all of you peasants. I'm the king. Hmm? I have nougaty chocolate. Spiky, dangerous nougaty chocolate. Toblerone's more almonds and stuff. Is it almonds? I thought it was nougat. Tiny little bits. Is there bits of nougat? Not nougaty though. I mean, double decker. There was a version like there was a there was a dark version, wasn't it? There's always a dark version. Didn't have any nougat. There's a white one as well. I think they did one where it was um, white on top as well, if I remember rightly. Like snow oh, caps. Oh, yeah, it was like it was dipped. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Good need some of those right. if you want to take over. Yeah. What would you name your new land once you've taken over? New Buttsfield. <laughs> Toblerone presents Woking. <laughs> Toblerone presents the cleanest king's lovely arsehole mm. in Woking. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like it'd be like a Michael Bay film. We're not far off for we're gonna be like, you know, freaking Pepsi Cola presents Woking or something. Oh yeah, no. It's but like a week. You're gonna get town sponsorship yeah, sooner yeah, or later. Like a week. Oh. It's gonna be like, yeah, look, don't worry, everyone's got some radiation poisoning, but Phillips presents Woking. Yeah, welcome to Bob Rules Sheffield. <laughs> ah, Bob Rules Sheffield. What's those What's those fucking you know the um the spotted dick puddings or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, the like... pies, actually. The pies that you get in the little pot. Oh, you cook Fray in the Bento's. Yeah, Fray Bento's. Yeah. Fray, Bo- Fray Bento's presents Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that, yeah. Coral. <laughs> Carla Coral presents Scotland. Yeah. You know, Gibraltar. They'd try and claim that. Yeah. They probably own Gibraltar now. Probably. All the macaques. Wow, macaques pretty hairy. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so, my first review this week. Yeah. Um, I I got sent a code for a game. What game? It's called Ninety Nine Vidas. Oh yeah, you were you were speaking about yeah, it before. It's, it's a game that was kickstarted by a Brazilian podcast, although you wouldn't know it because there's no mention of the podcast anywhere in the game or on the Steam page. Is it not called Ninety Nine Vidas? Yeah, the podcast is. Yeah, they they once linked one of my videos, and I've got like ten thousand and some odd views because they linked this video in their podcast. Oh nice. So I'm assuming they're pretty well known. No, they must be. If they I got a game. shit ton of pod of comments that just said Ninety Nine Vidas for about a month. Nice. After that went up, um, but yeah, this game it started. The main characters are all based on people who've been on the podcast, as far as I can make out, and their girlfriends or something. Because if you're famous Brazilian internet celebrities. You probably they got a Let's Play channel and stuff. Oh, right. I say I say a Let's Play channel. They haven't got many videos on there. I think they're really half-assed the video stuff. You know, they get some effort into it. But um, the game's really good. Um, it's all like it's a sort of River City Ransom, Streets of Rage, scrolling beat 'em up jobby. Yeah. Um, sprite artwork style is like quite unique for this sort of game because usually usually the games they have like either I say not realistic scale, but like they either go for the Streets of Rage look or they go for the River City Ransom look. Yeah, you know, like Double Dragon would fit into the River City Ransom style, chunkier heads and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Streets of Rage Final Fight is more lean characters and massive, great, big, bulky dudes. This is like pixelati, but it's somewhere in between. All the characters are kind of I've chunky Scott looking. Scott Pilgrim game? No, nah, it's because Scott Pilgrim is more straight into the River City Ransom guy. The sprites are big, like on Final Fight, but they're really detailed, mm. nicely drawn sprite. Really nice animation on it. Um, loads of. Like, I'm assuming there's a ton of references to Brazilian pop culture and stuff the boss of the first stage is blatantly Diego Maradona yeah he's like some overweight middle-aged footballer that starts fighting you and he um turns into an 8-bit sprite nice and he glitches out and that's when you beat the shit out of him are they saying that he's a robot possibly he's running a video store for some reason it doesn't make much sense <laughs> 99 feeders yeah apparently everyone's after the 99 lives except your character only has four lives which is oh. okay. I would love a game like this where it's ridiculously hard, but you've got 99 lives to finish the game and your chances of getting through the game without, with all your lives intact is impossible. Something like that. Someone should do a game like that where you've got a ridiculous amount of life. There was a platforming game, 1001 Spikes, wasn't it? Where you, you had 1001 lives to get through the game with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like ridiculously difficult. Yeah. But this is like a, you know, scrolling beat up, really. You know, lovely animation, lovely art style. The music's like, it directly references Streets of Rage's soundtrack quite often. Like, usually the first few bars of it will sound almost exactly the same as a piece of music from Streets of Rage, and it'll go on its own tangent. Yeah. So there's a lot of love for those games in there. But um, yeah, it's really solid thing. There's an upgrade system, adds effects to your combo, so like, you might have a kick, punch, punch, or whatever, and then you add a power up to it, and your last punch will make like an ice ice blast come out, or a fire blast come out of your fist. That's pretty Gives cool. you a bit more range, a bit more damage, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's got the obligatory, like, you know, attack both sides powers that drain your health and the yeah. special move, which is... Like spinning kicks yeah. and stuff. 
His special moves very golden axe. It's one of those things where like a like a tidal wave will rush in yeah. and wipe out stuff. Um, you know, one of those sort of things. Less like Streets of Rage, where your special was like a grand up and stuff like that. Streets of Rage no, no, got Streets really of good. Range. Streets, uh, the first one of Streets of Rage had the car pull up and yeah, fire yeah, a rocket. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah that, yeah, that had a screen. The play. second and third ones didn't they? Second no, and third one was like had you that. had spinning lariats and stuff like that. Yeah. And the. Uh, it was called Grand Upper on the British version, the American version, but it was called the Bare Knuckle in the American, Japanese version. Bare Knuckle. Yeah, because that's what the games were called, wasn't it? The Bare Knuckle. That's Ford Ford Punch. Bare Knuckle. Grand Upper. Like that classic game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a solid game. It's, um, I think it's like 10, 15 quid or something like that, but it seems to be quite a bit in there. There's a bunch of unlockable characters and quite a few stages to it, and I'm, it's quite difficult. It's a bit of a challenge. Um, I'd definitely say worth playing in multiplayer. It does feel a lot like those old games though it's got a lot of it's really fluid and fast paced for something that's like probably only got any sort of reach as far as like um, marketing goes in Brazil you know for a mm. game that's only going to be like the the people are only relevant to Brazilians and maybe Portuguese people because you know speak Portuguese yeah I imagine there's some crossover there um, you'd hope wouldn't you you'd think this game would be like some really cheap lazy caching but it's not it's a really well made Solid beat em up. There is some stuff where it's like um, enemies are prone to locking you and stun locking you and stuff. They can, um, every enemy can throw you, which is a bit irritating. You know how sometimes in those games only certain enemies will grab you and yeah, throw yeah. you. This one's like everyone will grab you and throw you, which is a bit awkward, but it's very strange. Yeah, it, but it's a solid game, decent yeah. game. Um, it's only on Steam, which is a bit weird. Um, oh, you think oh, it's bring... coming to PS4, but I don't think it's coming out over here. Oh, no, yeah, um, that's but, strange. But, you think they try and. Maybe do something with it. It's limited appeal, though, isn't it? Like, you think Brazil's weird country for gaming because they were like, like the Mega Drive was huge in Brazil, and because of like import laws on the um, oh yeah, it was PlayStation like super expensive, that. wasn't it? It was like yeah. twelve hundred pounds because Sony didn't want Sony and Nintendo didn't want to set up manufacturing plants in Brazil, but Sega did. They had a, a company manufacturing Mega Drives for them, um, like third party manufacturing Tech Toy used to make them. Yeah, and they made ones just for Brazil, and they actually got the Mega Drive Three, which is a really nice little console. Like not one of those, you know those shitty ones that you get now, the at games ones and all that. They're terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their ones were like an actual proper Mega Drive, oh. um, without the infrared bloody controllers. Why do they still do that? Infrared in this day and age, seriously, yeah. My, even my bloody remote control for my new set top box is wireless. Hmm. Friggin', you see, there's two remotes. Got the smaller one, the large one. It's you versus the remote. She tells you not to worry about. No, it's not because the one on the left ribbed for her pleasure, and I uh, both specific much more ribs going on. Exactly, this. yeah, that's that's what my penis looks like after the surgery. Mm. You got the ad, you got the add-ons, the augments. I basically went to B and Q, grabbed a bit of pipe and all sort of like that. You got coiled spring wrapped around. No, 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 nothing quite like that. <laughs> yeah. No, that was extra stainless steel. It's yeah. expensive. I just said plastic. It's like a door stopper. You just go. Well, no, the the operation went wrong, so it just looks like a smashed up bit of steak, basically. Uh. But, you know, you slap it against the woman's clitoris, eventually they'll feel something. Pity, most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, Pity, yeah. They feel something. Um, was that your review? Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. All right, so my first this review game, yeah. this this week, this bi-weekly period, is going to be BoJack Horseman, season four. No spoilers, you piece of shit. No I think spoilers. I figured something out there. So, BoJack's dead. That's interesting. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's a good series. Uh, the last season, I praised it for the for the last few episodes and and how the overarching storylines they affected everything and, and it all fell into place. It was like a puzzle slowly being unveiled to you. Mm. It's a bit like watching that old shitty project program. Um, what was it? Catchphrase. 
Are you gonna do it? Oh, say what, what you see. It's still say on what that. See? Yeah, I was no. watching it a little while ago. They have proper yeah. CGI on it now. Do they? Yeah, it's not oh, MS Paint stuff anymore. I, I don't like the old it. MS Paint stuff. I, I, I watch it on Challenge at Tara yeah. sometimes. Say what you see. Say what you see. Say what you see. for Island. Oh, my favorite one was they had flower power. Had just a bunch of flowers with lightning going into them. And Tara guessed it today. She was like, she was like flower power, and I was like. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And then it took them revealing the whole thing. And then in the end, it went, electricity into flowers. And I was like, oh, wow, that's got to be infuriating for you. I turned around and Tara was just clenching air. <laughs> I think for a second, she, she actually... She should go on the show. I think it's by Bradley Walsh now or something. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking horrifying. Yeah, get on the show, you get molested for free. Um, but no, um, I, uh, yeah, Project Horseman season four. Um, it's great. It's really, really good. Uh, there's a couple of issues with... Whilst Bojack evolves and becomes something else, it feels like Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter, their relationship just keeps going through the same story beats, mm. but condensed. So season one and two, you know, she had her commitment issues and mm. she was wondering what was happening. And then season two, they resolved. Well, it's become, they're actually bringing it a bit more to the front on this series that she's depressed equally as much as Bojack, just in a different way. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. yeah. but um, She's never going to. She, so she brings up like a few episodes in, like, am I ever going to be happy? Yeah. Like... You know. there's, there's a really good episode yeah, involving like well the whole thing I'm only up to episode 7 so far okay so went that, past episode 6 that awesome stupid piece of shit episode yeah which is brilliant like yeah. it, all in all it's really really good mm. I really liked it I think that my issue is that the back the, the stories that go on in the background they aren't as good they aren't as concise um uh Princess Jellybean her Princess her, Caroline Princess Cal- Caroline sorry um, her background stuff just doesn't really work this season. Um, I feel like they tried to shoehorn in something for her. Um, I think you'll see what I mean by the last last couple of episodes. It mm. just feels weird. Um, but other than that, other than that, I was uh, I was very very happy with it. I enjoyed it a lot. Bojack is evolving as a character much more than I've seen any characters in current mainstream TV programs evolve. Apart from You're the Worst, which is a whole different matter. That's a comedy series with heart. Heart. Or the band heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Barracuda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bojack Horseman, it's a, a very solid series this season. Uh, there are issues, but, you know, it's nothing that I would say makes it unwatchable or even something that I would avoid. I would say that it's very good and it's it, it's worth its time. Fans of the series will be pleasantly surprised, mm. especially after the last series. Meandered a bit. That last series was great. The last series was great on the episodes where it focused on Bojack and his relationship with others. But the background episodes, like, focusing on Todd's usually a mistake. <laughs> as much as Todd is great, I think that he needs to always stay in the shadow. Because the episodes that focus no, on Todd... Todd in the Shadows is a YouTube channel. Is it? Yeah, it's one of those ones from Nostalgia Critic and all that. I don't watch him because it's from the Nostalgia Critic website and it's not Nostalgia Critic. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> um... But yeah, I think that I think. Have you? How far are you, Todd? Have you seen his fake girlfriend? Yeah, he's like going out with. Yeah. Um, so you've the seen Todd's episode. Courtney Portnoy. Yeah. With her, with her film career mistaken and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there's only, I'm seven episodes in right now, which was one. Um, what was the last episode last night that I watched? Um, it's after his mum's moved into the house and. Oh yeah, they all fall down. The house falls into the pit after the fracking incident. I was going to say, I, was gonna yeah. say I thought you'd be onto that one. Yeah. Um, which is, I like the jokes about the environmental stuff. That was really mm. funny. I especially mm. like the taps. Oh, don't mm. use the taps. Why? Uh, <laughs> flames. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That was all I set up so they didn't have any water later, maybe. I don't know. Not that it'd still be attached when it collapsed, but, you know. Yeah. They survived for 10 days with no... Why can't they just go on the roof? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I mean, some of them were birds. They could have just flown out. Yeah. Good point. Um, but, yeah, I give it a Michelle Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Monaghan? 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 Um, yeah, it's great. It makes some missteps. There's some issues. Sometimes it's unmemorable, but for the most part, it's really, really good. Your review, Ad. Cunts. Um, That's more concise than you're used to from me, isn't it? Uh, it's not meandering enough. Damn it. Fuck, I'm focused. I'm trying to be good at this. I'm on that whole thing where I'm trying to remember the... I definitely had four things. Night Trap. I only played it. Yeah, I played Night Trap the other day on How PS4, um, which isn't available in the UK yet. You can't download it off the PlayStation Store yet. Fuck sticks. Yeah. Why not? Um, apparently they want to add more languages to it Sony insisted they added more languages for the European release so they're having to like you know add in all the Italians and stuff there's only French and English on the American one which is what I bought from my buddy um, and you know on disc mm-hmm. um, that's selling for like a hundred and something quid on eBay now um, his one came with a little split on the plastic on the front and I kept saying to him swap it over with your frigging Killing Floor 2 box because you know you're not going to play that again and you won't you won't swap it Just don't get him don't understand. Anyway, Night Trap. It's an old game. It's been remastered in HD. It's one of them old FMV games where you like sharp plane. That's what happens in the game. It's just a plane flies over, and just ruins everything. It's, it's constant, isn't it? Eventually, an artist is misunderstood and kills himself in a fit of rage at the planes. Anyway, so fuck you. Sky you're birds. tasked by the organisation known as SCAT. Don't laugh. What? To look after this house. There's like a house party going on, but these weird creatures called the Augurs are coming in and they're going to suck the blood out of the teenagers. Okay. And you have to scan your way through the eight different cameras that you've got yeah, and set off traps to catch the Augurs, hopefully so the teenagers don't even notice anything's happening. Um, essentially, all there is to the game is making sure you catch the Augurs by cycling through the screens until you see one grabbing it as quick as you can mm. and making sure you know when the points come when they change the code that you need to use as like a colour code. So every now and again you have to listen out for the character going, oh, change the code downstairs to orange, and that's when you b- b- change it so you can activate the traps. Okay. Um, otherwise you have to try and catch up and figure out what the code is. And, and that causes a loss of time, and yeah. loss of time means if, teenagers die. Well, you just got to make sure they either no one dies, or not too many augers get in the house, or game overs. Um, the original game was like incredibly frustrating because of that. Um, it's very tricky game to play it's a time to load shit it was pretty fast on the Mega CD when it was switched between the locations but it was like it was this whole thing where um, you know there was like fuzziness to it and all that sort of stuff it took a while and it's not super clear Um, one of the things they've added to the HD version is the little thumbnails at the bottom of the screen that show the icons for the room actually play the video that's going on in that room at that time so you can see when the augers are in a room now so you can go to it and get them because on the original one until you knew exactly what rooms they were going to be in at what time, you would have to just cycle through the rooms and keep changing it. Do you ha- do you still have to cycle through all rooms to get to the one you want to see? No, you never had to. You always just like selected the room, pressed the button, switched uh, to it. That's okay. always how it was. Um, you can change it so that it has the old style, so the thumbnails are just static images, so you can't have that little preview, which does help if you're new to the game. Yeah. Um, but once you know when the code changes happen, it's just a case of being quick enough to catch the augers and... To, to, to set all the traps off and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you will miss practically all the story if you play it and try and finish the game. Yeah. There's a lot to do. Um, you will miss the song, which is the important part, when the girls are singing the Night Trap theme tune, which is a strange song to be singing in the game. Um, 
It also, because of the little thumbnail animations, you see the little Easter egg at the start in one of the thumbnails. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that people lost to miss is at the start of Night Trap. If you went down to the hallway, the upstairs hallway, one of the girls that's at the party is staring at the camera and her eyes glow green. And then she wanders off. It's like, ooh, mysterious. So she might be an ogre. And she's something evil. But you don't like, you would miss that when you're playing the game normally. But when you're playing on this one, you can see the little thumbnail previews. You know there's something going on there, so you can switch to it straight away. Ah. But, you know, that's one of those things on the Mega CD version. You probably wouldn't have spotted it unless you were messing around straight at the very start of the game. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it's like got a couple of deleted scenes put in, apparently. I've got an achievement for watching one of them. Um. And there's, like, you know, all the video graphics have been upscaled to HD. You can choose the, um, the layout to look like either a new version they've done or ones that are reminiscent of the Mega CD um, 3DO and PC version of it. Yeah. Um, and it's a nicely put together game. It is a frustrating as hell game, and like all those FMV games, interaction is pretty minimal. But, you know, they're all like that, aren't they? They're not yeah. exactly not exactly deep. Um, no. You know, it's it's above the interaction levels of Mad Dog McCree, not as awesome as Sewer Shark. You know? Sewer Shark's a classic. Um, if you do finish the game with a perfect run, which is freaking difficult, you've got to catch like 89 augers or something like that. Yeah. Um, you unlock the game uh, Scene of the Crime, which was basically... Night Trap was originally meant to be this weird VHS game. Originally there was a thing with v- this VHS tape where it could play three rooms at three scenes at a time. Okay. And you'd be able to switch between the parts of the VHS. It was a technology that Hasbro had come up with. And Scene of the Crime was like a proof of concept they did for it. And that's unlockable in the game. Um, and also when you finish the game, you'll be able to watch any of the scenes in the game um, mm. on your own. And it's got interviews um, that were done for the My Life in Gaming documentary on the disc with um, the creator of the game. I mean, the actresses? No, no. Well, I mean, the main one's dead, isn't she? The is she? lead one. Yeah, what was her friggin' name? Dana Plato. She was in it and she died like shortly after the game was made, before the um, before the game came out, I think. Because um, the film, it was recorded, it was filmed in like 1987, 88. It didn't come out to like 1993. Um, but it feels more 90s than you'd expect for something that's like late 80s. Um, but yeah, it's Night Trap. It's pretty decent. It could do, I think if you see it on the sale, grab it. Because, you know, it's a bit of gaming history. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those ones that's like, it has significance in the pantheon of video is games. It, is it genuinely good or is it nostalgia good? It's nostalgic for sure. And it's an FMV game, so it's only as good as an FMV game can be. <laughs> There's some good FMV games. Her story's great and yeah, stuff like that, but they're uh, very different. But what about FMV uh, games Marky Mark, Mark, make your own video? <laughs> there is um, I want them to do a remastered version of the Power Rangers FMV game. Probably the only really genuinely great FMV game is probably Road Avenger, isn't it? You know the one where you're, um, the anime one where you're in the car? Yeah, I was trying it? to figure out what the other one was. There was another anime one where you're like a princess fighting stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, That's probably worth doing. And also... Um, same developers. Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest? Dragon Quest is an FMV. Dragon Quest is a SNES game. No, what was the um, FMV one? Oh, Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair, there yeah, you go. Yeah, an old Laserdisc game. Yeah. yeah, and Space... Space Ace Space was the Ace, other one. there you go. Yeah. Good old classics. Yeah, those are yeah. both great get, FMV games. You get Dragon's Lair on um, Game Boy Color. It's crazy. Yeah, like, it doesn't look... It's a friggin' miracle, though. They yeah. did the whole friggin' game, whole friggin' animated film on the Game Boy Color. Mm. It's crazy. Did you ever play Alone in the Dark on the Game Boy Color? The new Nightmare? No. That was like a proper 3D Resident Evil style game on the Game oh, Boy Color. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it, yeah. Weird. Yeah, I think they did an episode of um, Punching Weight on Stop Skeletons from Fighting. Yeah. No, they do where they look at games that are a little bit too flashy for their own good. Yeah. 
Like they eventually covered um, the Game Boy Advance version of Driver, which is like I think one of the most impressive pieces of game code ever. Oh, that's yeah, it's like an actual GTA game, isn't yeah, it? You it's like three D, yeah, free roaming GTA game. It's crazy, but yeah, Night Trap, watch out behind you. Yeah, it's uh, out, sort of in America. <laughs> it'll, be on, it'll be on PS Plus over here eventually. Yeah, they and said then... start September. It's not start September now. No, For maybe next week. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I played a game this month. Oh no! This week, don't play games. This period of time, I played a game which everyone told me would be bad. Did you? You know, all the people out there were saying, "No, don't play it. Don't play it. It's terrible." I played Knack Two. Oh, Knack Two. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Those Knack Two's fine. It's yeah. bland as shit, but it's fine. Yeah, because Knack- I played the demo of it, and it was like, it was probably a bad place to put the demo, but yeah. it feels like it's like what well, it's the equivalent of a Lego game, Sony's own sort of you know mindless. Yeah. Puzzly, platformy, simple game. Yeah, just just so, just in case anyone doesn't know what Knack's about, Knack is about an ancient piece of technology that two people have found. They bring it back to life, and it turns out to be an autonomous little droid um, who can essentially collect sections of the environment or items that he finds in crates to make himself larger. A bit like Katamari, but only with select things. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't roll around, you walk around. There's a combat system as well. Um, all in all, you know, it's... As I said, bland as shit. <laughs> the problem is you start each level as like massive 60 foot high monster man. And then as soon as the plot in that level dictates it, you lose that. And you have to go back to being two foot nothing and collecting bits again. Yeah. And then you get big again. There's lots of little hidden paths you can go down and shrink down. There's lots down of little hidden paths, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like got puzzle elements. No. There's RPG elements, you level up. Um, the combat system is fine, it's not very robust, but you've got like a parry skill and you've got like a, you've got a uh, reflect skill by bl- by uh, blocking the right time. It's more than the first game, man. Yeah. The first game's literally just got punch, combo and kick. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like, there is a plot there. The animation's really nice. The way that everything works looks really nice. Um, but, oh no, it's, yeah, yeah it's vanilla-flavoured gaming. Yeah, the, the, um, the character designs have a lot of that sort of CGI like not yeah. the Astro Boy film, they've got a bit of that. Chunky yeah, they look a lot CGI like that. Thing, yeah. Like I think that a lot of them feel a bit like left. They feel like they wouldn't be out of place in Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's great for kids, I guess. That'd be who I'd aim this for. Hmm. I've been playing on hard, and it's not been any challenge. The only challenge I've had is that some of the mechanics for the for the combat are crap. And they do that thing that they like. They do a thing that Sony like to do a lot in their games, in which they take you to a side-on view of what's happening, give you very little put, like control over the camera, but then make it so the platforms come in and out. Mm. So you're relying entirely on perspective for a brown platform and a brown back background to be clear from the side, and the side angle is at the same level as the platform, so there's no real indicator. Yeah. Um, but you know that's a weird design choice that Sony take all the time. Um, so Try yeah, get on that Crash Bandicoot style. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> um, it gave me a bit of a Crash Bandicoot vibe in a couple of places. Um, but yeah, so I'd give this. I don't know. Who's a vanilla person? Vanilla oh, Rice. Woody Harrelson. What? Shut up. Woody Harrelson's a friggin'. Have classic. you seen? No, you seen me one or two. What? No, he's only doing that for the money. Exactly. He's allowed to do that for the money. All right, maybe not Woody Harrelson. Uh, Chris Christopherson. Uh, Chris Christopherson, he's a legend. Is he dead now? <laughs> I don't know, I think so. No, he's still um, alive. Yeah, he's Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, what? He's a legend. No, he's not. Wesley Snipes. Mm. Sometimes it's going to be good, sometimes... Blade. Gonna... 
Sometimes it's going to be good. Phoenix. Sometimes it's going to be good, and then sometimes it's going to be dodging taxes. And when I say dodging taxes, I mean making fucking grave walkers. Mm. Do you remember when he broke out of the jail train in Expendables 3? Yeah. <laughs> but bitch, yeah. I'm coming back. Mm. Round two, motherfuckers. He's, he's amazing in Demolition Man. Yeah. Which is a stone-cold classic film if one should enjoy. Yeah, but do you think he's in on the joke during Demolition Man, or do you think he is the joke? He he is the driving force of that film. Simon Phoenix is one of the greatest villains of all time. He's a petty criminal who becomes a crime lord because everyone in the future is really friggin' bad at crime. They're all wimps. Yeah, they're terrible at stopping it. Yep. And Jesse Ventura's in it. He is. loves Jesse Ventura. And uh, was Ofo from Beetlejuice in it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Good old Ofo. Everyone's dead. Of course they are. All right, anyway. Harry Sorry, Dean Stanton's I, dead now. He died today. 91 RIP. years old. Harry, Harry Dean Stan, Stanton. Yeah. From uh, Alien. Yep. And a bunch of our films. Fucking, he was in Avengers. Remember when he he would get, he'd asked the Incredible Hulk if he needed some pants? Yeah. <laughs> just just get Harry Dean Stanton to turn up in Avengers. Why not? You done? Yeah. With Knack. Is that yeah. it? Just like Knack one minute. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gotham season three finally appeared on Netflix. I say finally because Channel Five decided not to show this season for some reason. I think because they've lost the rights and FX are showing it, and they wanted to basically screw them over by not showing season three, which is silly, really. It's very draw- petty, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of petty. Um, season three of Gotham, like season two, was batshit insane. Like it basically the entire season's theme seemed to be, you know, these characters you know and love, we're gonna fuck with them. Season three's premise seemed to be entirely about people double crossing each other the whole way through everyone's constantly like especially on the crime world there there's like a whole shift in balance of who's in power and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. after like fish moonies vanished and hugo strange is under arrest and you know the penguins like like running for mayor now um and he becomes mayor which is like the most like it's basically the plot line from batman returns but you know it worked for him yeah um but they basically did the Riddler becoming fully the Riddler, like he actually does become the Riddler and calls himself the Riddler, insists on people calling him the Riddler, which is brilliant, and no one wants to, because it's a silly name. And they just... What's wrong with Edward Nigma anyway? He's just a homicidal maniac, isn't yeah. he, in this? He's not really like... Well, the Riddler in the comics used to kill a lot, and then he eventually decided it's beneath him. Yeah. And he becomes like... I would like that if they did that in the show. I would like it if there was a bit in the show where, where like... Because there's a bit in this episode where Commissioner Gordon, in the series where Commissioner Gordon and Riddler have a bit where Gordon's setting up a meeting with the Court of Owls. He's mm-hmm. been dragged into it. Yeah. Um, Court of Owls are like controlling everything. Surprise, surprise. Guess who's running the Court of Owls? The Joker. No, Rachel Ghoul. Oh. In the last episode, he turns up. But um, yeah, he sets up a meeting with the Court of Owls. And there's a little bit where Commissioner where Gordon and Enigma uh, chat, and Gordon's like, You remember last year when we had like a dinner together? It was like, because they, you know, they were trying to have a couple's dinner because mm. Riddler was with that Miss Kringle. He was with Lee. And he was like, you know, I actually liked you for a little while. And I kind of like a little bit of that where, like, he maybe, like, tries to encourage Enigma to use his intellect to solve crimes. Because mm. that's what's happened in the comics eventually. It's one of the coolest things with the Riddler. He becomes a ace detective, which is brilliant. That's a good plot twist for Riddler. <laughs> like, it's perfect for him. Um, but this series is just, there's more monsters and powers going on. Um because the whole ex, the whole 
fallout from the Indian Hill stuff that happened in the last season where they were mm-hmm. bringing people back from dead. Death is completely broken in this series now. They do not give a shit. Everyone gets to come back from the dead. Cool. Yeah, one of the characters is going to come back from the dead in the next series for sure. No. Well, the Joker's not dead. He's alive again now. Not really Joker. He's Jerome. He's not the Joker, even though his face got cut off and then he stapled it back on again and where his mouth had split, it caused a smile. He's totally not the Joker, even though he ran a big fun house and all this sort of stuff. Um, that kid playing him is amazing as the Joker. Like, spot on, perfect Joker. Like, he's a mixture of the sinisterness of um, Heath Ledger's, but he does the vocal ticks of um, Mark Hamill's Joker. Oh, nice. It's really, really good. There's a whole... There's like a three-part episode where a guy called Dwight, who's... He was in other stuff. You know him when you see him. Mm. He was Abracadabra in um, Supergirl last year, I think it was. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, He was actually one of the Joker's henchmen in The Dark Knight. He's one of the ones that um, gamble... One of the two that um, the Joker makes fight with the pool cues. Mm. Um, In this one, he brought the Jerome back from the dead. And that leads into this, like, episode where Jerome gets his face back. Because mm-hmm. Dwight's been wearing it as a mask, saying, we're all Jerome. Um, and Jerome's not very happy at his lack of charisma. Um, and he kidnaps Bruce Wayne, sets up this whole, like, purge night in Gotham. Yeah. Where kills the power, everyone goes nuts, crime's going rampant. His whole idea, he wants everyone to commit loads of crimes. You know it's not going to last. His whole point is that, like, you know, the next day all these bankers and people selling, you know, newspapers and magazines to each other are going to have to look each other in the face knowing that, you know, they probably, like raped him or something the night before <laughs> um, but um, yeah he says the whole thing and there's a whole bit where Bruce starts to become more like the Bruce Wayne we know mm-hmm. like he's getting more determined and focused and thinking more he's not just rushing into stuff because he wants revenge or he wants to he's angry or something mm. um, there's a whole Hall of Mirrors bit where he goes, where he leads Jerome into a Hall of Mirrors and, it, and there was an episode of the animated series that did this and it's all like him out thinking Jerome and then beating the shit yeah. out of him Stopping short of killing him. Um, and then Commissioner Gordon gets to punch his face off, which is pretty brilliant. <laughs> just punches him alone until his, his stapled on face rips off. Just hmm. a nice, nice image. Just his face goes into the mud. Yeah. Um, uh, they brought back Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, like the girl called Ivy. She's actually called Ivy, which is irritating. Yeah. Um, there's a character who can make people age and she gets touched by him by a second and then falls off her into a storm drain and she ages to like into her 20s so now she's supposed to be proper poison ivy but all she's really doing is she's obsessed with plants and she's got some perfume that can make people do what she tells them to do and she can heal people with her medicine huh. um so she's like learning her plant abilities i was kind of hoping they would have just you know keep it a secret for a while but just all of a sudden have her have plants come to life and attack people like controlling them but, be interesting wouldn't it but they kept it a little i think they're leaving that for later Hmm. Um, but yeah one of the characters is like he gets killed in the series and he's quite clearly coming back because they did the whole that's not his real name thing it's like everyone calls him this but his real name is spoilers for the next series who is it? his name's really Cyrus Gold bum 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 you know Cyrus Gold born on a Monday engaged on a Tuesday died on a Wednesday yeah Yeah. Solomon Grundy who's that? is that Michael Chiklis? no no Michael Chiklis is the enforcer and he's amazing um, the whole the half the first half of the series is like the Mad Hatter, yeah. um, Jervis Tetch. Um, he's obsessed with his sister. who has got this blood that's like, um, if someone gets touched with the blood, they basically turn into like a crazy, murderous, rage monster type person. Mm. Basically, it makes them obsessed with causing damage and being the worst person they could possibly be. And she dies, and he's after a virus, and the Court of Owls want the virus to spread it through Gotham to cleanse it and all this sort of stuff. 
Um, and that second half of the series is all the stopping the Court of Owls stuff. Hmm. Um, but the guy playing Jervis Tetch is um, Samuel Benedict, who was in he was in Walking Dead for a bit. He was that you know the um, was the Whisperers is that the name of the group? Yeah, he was the one they had locked up in the basement. Who was um, like they were trying to decide whether they should kill him or not, and then he sort of helps one of the girls out and gets eaten by zombies in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he got bitten. Um, yeah. So wait, Cyrus Tetch, he's Jervis played Tetch. Jervis Tetch. He's yeah. the one who played the Mad Hatter. He's the Mad Hatter. Jervis Tetch is yeah, but he died. No, he oh, died no, in Walking no, Dead. Another one. Another one. Samuel sorry. Benedict dies in Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But, losing but, it, losing it. Yeah, it's a few Walking Dead actors now, isn't it? Because um, mm. Penguin was in Walking Dead, wasn't he, for very briefly. Uh, Robin Taylor Lord, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, um, B.D. Wong back in it in a few episodes as Hugo Strange, which is the most... He's perfect as Hugo Strange. The show's like really doubling down on the campy and the violence and the just being like a sort of mixture of 1960s Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. Hmm. It's got a lot more gothic and like they use their effects sparingly and they use them in exactly the right way. Like they use them for the big shots of the city and like disasters going off around the city. Um, they use it for like, dis- you know, people's limbs getting cut off and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is a nice way to do it. Um, but yeah, they, um, it's, it's a friggin' stonking great series. That, that little arc in the middle with Jerome is amazing. The guy playing the Mad Hatter is fantastic. Like, you know, Mad Hat is like one of the throwaway villains in Batman. And it's kind of like he's a real threat here because Batman doesn't exist. And that's what's kind of cool. He's like the people who Batman would just mm. punch in one blow, knock out and defeat. Yeah. They're a real problem because he's up against Commissioner Gordon, not Batman. Yeah. But there's one bit where Commissioner Gordon gets him to reveal his whole plan by basically asking him questions in rhyme. Because, you know, the Mad Hat is obsessed with talking in rhyme. Mm-hmm. And he can't help but respond in rhyme. Mm. And he gets him to re- reply everything in rhyme. Just messes it all up for him. <laughs> so he just reveals everything because he's an idiot. Um, but yeah, Michael Chiklis gets some of the rage virus. He turns, he becomes, he calls, starts calling himself the executioner. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a big axe on his hand <laughs> to chop people's heads off with. Does he lose his hand? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. No. Oh. He's like, basically, he was, he kills one of the Court of Owls leaders, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's about to kill, I think he's about to kill Alfred or something. Yeah. who's basically becoming an honorary policeman by this point. Mm. Um, and one of the characters shoot, uses a shotgun and blows his hand off and there's a nice like Michael Chiklis with blood pouring out his stump. <laughs> um, and they 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 get a cure for this rage virus because spoilers for the end of the series, they set off the virus. Of course they would. Um, but they make sure to mention that he's escaped from the van that they were taking him away on. So he's still raged up and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um but yeah, it's just like they've done a really good series. They keep putting characters in really dark places. They keep they're happy to just keep killing characters and bring them back from the dead. Fuck it, that's comic books. Why not? Yeah. Um, the whole bunch of references to Batman Returns in this series, like um, seeing a car gets pushed out a window and breaks her and just like gets knocked out and comatose on the floor. And when she does that, there's like a little bit of music that's like like that, and loads of cats come out and start crawling over her. They don't resurrect her though. They don't go that far. No. <laughs> Which is weird for the show. She didn't cut up a bikini to make no. it an even tinier bikini. No, she wasn't wearing a bikini in Batman Returns. She oh, yeah. happened just to have a whole lot of rubber and leather. Oh, yeah. Why did she have so much of that? She made a hat. <laughs> yeah. And then she stole more, didn't she? Classic, classic. Batman great Returns movie. is a great film. Yeah, Great Where's movie. But yeah, season three of Gotham. It's more coherent than series two, but series two was batshit insane for a reason. And it's actually genuinely a great arc, and it ends off with a uh, like they've actually made Bruce Wayne stop being this whiny little shit, and he's more of a like 
troubled, tortured, determined to be an excellent fighter yeah. type character. He has a little running with Rachel Gould, played by Alexander Siddig, who's a genius casting for Rachel Gould. Mm. He was Bashir in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And um, he's in a really good action film, which is like a rip-off of Taken. I can't remember what it's called. But um, yeah, Alexander Siddig deserves a bit of respect. He's a good actor. But um, he only appears in it briefly. And he's just got Lazarus pitting Gotham. Why not? Um, don't know why. Just Bruce Wayne just walks into this room and there's a Lazarus pit. Fine. Um, but yeah, at the end of the series, like someone's mugging a couple in an alley. And it's like, you know, basically the Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered moment. And suddenly the mug gets punched and knocked out and someone in a cloak and like in a big coat and a mask is beating the shit out of him. And it's Bruce Wayne. And he's still on the building and there's like a new sort of Batman-y sounding theme that starts playing. Yep. I mean, from what you've said, it sounds very exciting and interesting. You I, should watch uh, it. Can't wait not to watch it. You can't right. keep discounting Gotham. Gotham's amazing. No, I can't. It's a fantastic show. No, I just don't. I have no interest in it. I've tried watching it like six times. And you've I watched just... like a couple of the first episodes. No, no, no I, I got out. through season one. Yeah, you didn't get through the best parts. Season two is batshit insane. So anyway, you just don't like fun. My next review is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Why? Uh, I. I do you know what? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean 6? Dead Men Tell No Five? Tales? 5? Is it 5? Didn't you see the new the crack video today? The um, no. Some news. Where he's like, Pirates of the Caribbean 5? And then he goes, and this Transformers 5? <laughs> Alright. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean 5 is bad. Oh, shit. But it's not as bad as the last three. It is the second best Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Second best? Yeah. That's okay. So the story goes that Jack Sparrow has made, he's just made a lot of enemies for himself. Um, he's doing really shit and he's robbing people but he's really bad at it. In a scene that makes no fucking sense because at one point a, a safe goes from being filled with money to having no money in it and they don't really explain how that happened or where it happened but the safe is closed for the entirety of this it just it's ridiculously bad. I'm sure it's filled with money. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of zombie pirates again um, but this time, the difference between these zombie pirates and the old zombie pirates are that they all they all act as if well their bodies and their clothes and stuff act as if they're underwater. All right. But and they're slowly rotting away, so that you've got like a bunch of ones that are just like a, a jaw and like the top row teeth and and you know bits of arm and stuff, but it's like floating in between. You got mm. others that have hair, and if they still got hair, it floats around as if they're underwater. You know, it kind of sounds interesting, but it's not. Uh, makes for some really vague one-sided sword fights. Again, there are sword fights in this. Yay. Instead of there being just scenes in which pirates just wait for someone to try and stab them and then stab them in retaliation, there are actual sword fights in which they're like, ah, repost, <laughs> sword fight. As if there's any threat to the zombies of someone stabbing them. And even if they do stab them, as if that will kill anyone. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Scriptwriters don't really think about this anymore. But anyway, the plot is that these people are after them. They can't go on land. And they like Davy all... Jones's old crew and all that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Davy Jones couldn't go on land, could he? He'd go on land once every two decades. Yeah. Um, so um, Will Turner, his son, is out looking for looking for a scepter, which is the trident of Poseidon. Which can, you know, apparently cure all of the curses of the sea. Ooh. So they try and find this thing, they find it, they break it, they cure all the curses. That's good. And then at the end, there's a scene in which Will Turner's back with Kira Knightley because apparently 
you know, she's just like, you know, fuck it, I haven't moved on. I'm a pretty lady. I'm 40, I've still got all my teeth. Of course I wouldn't find another husband in... in... She wasn't even that bothered about him on the first film. Yeah, I know. Not until the end. So weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he goes back to her, and then at the end there's a there's a scene. There's a scene, let me describe the scene to you. How old is she meant to be by this I don't point? fucking care. So they're in a bed. <laughs> all right. Will Turner's just lying there, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm asleep with a bandana on my head because I'm a pirate. Yeah. And door open, creaks open, yar. Creaks, and he goes... Um, and in comes in comes a character we haven't seen in a little while we don't actually see them their full body but what we do see is a shadow of tentacles oh so you know and then uh, and then Wilton wakes up he's like oh god I was just dreaming but what's on the floor a couple of barnacles a little bit of water (gasps) Davy fucking Jones is coming back. Oh, no. The one villain anyone gave a shit about after Barbosa, who actually turned out to be the biggest and best antagonist, uh, protagonist in the whole series anyway. Yeah. Barbosa actually has an honest-to-God plot thread throughout everything. Yeah. Whereas Johnny Depp just continues to be Captain Jack Sparrow. And just goes, Hello, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Where's the thing is, is that he's a sidekick, and the mistake the fourth film especially made was they made him the main character. Yeah. Um, they had those other characters that we were meant to care about. No one did. But um, he's Slimer. Like, you don't make a movie based on Jack Sparrow. You make a movie based on the people whose lives he's fucking up. Yeah. That's what it's about. Like, But the second and third film started to forget that, and the fourth one really forgot it. fourth one's fucking awful. Oh, yeah, it's real bad. This right. one, there's a scene in which Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, as a young man, defeats this zombie army the first oh, time. CGI young Johnny Depp. CGI young Johnny Depp is creepy as shit. Oh, don't be kidding. Johnny Depp looks exactly like he did in the 80s. Jesus Christ. How old is he now? Uh, over 50, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Good old Johnny Depp. He's an interesting guy. Beats his wife. Beats his wife and then addicted to a bunch of stuff I don't like Johnny Depp as a, an actor um, I saw Transcendence the best thing I can say about Transcendence is it transcends me to sleep <laughs> I give this an Adam Sandler no actually I'm going to give it a Kevin James yeah there was a time when it tried this is you keeper yeah and Paul Blart Mall Cop yeah what was the Paul Blart film they mentioned in Bojack Horseman they mentioned Paul Blart Mall Cop 3 and it was like Paul Blart 3 like in space or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blart's the future. <laughs> <laughs> I blasted myself. Oh. Your review, Ant. So you didn't like parts of the Caribbean Caribbean. Oh, that's a shame. Barbosa dies in it. Oh, that's good. Again? No, like permanently this time. Oh, that's good. So it's the last time I'm watching a fucking one of these movies. The only reason I watched them is Jeffrey Rush. It's awesome, isn't it? Are going to make another one? Did this one make loads? It probably did make loads of money, didn't mm. it? Yeah. Although I liked that um, the second Alice in Wonderland film did terrible. People people learned their lesson, didn't they? It's amazing what not having Tim Burton's name on a film does sometimes. The first one was so bad and people fucking loved it. Yeah, it it's one of the highest grossing films of all time. Isn't that worrying? It makes something like two bi- like one and a half billion worldwide or something like that. Oh, fucking idiots. Yeah, I went to see that in cinema. It's bad. Why did you go see that in the cinema? Because I felt like it. Tim Burton film, isn't it? You meant to go see Tim Burton films. No, you're not. Tim Burton hasn't been good since Ed fucking Wood. Uh, Frank Sleepy and Weenie's Hollow. good. <sighs> Frank and Weenie was a better short than yeah. it is a full film. Sweeney Todd's alright. I hate fucking Sweeney Todd. <laughs> the Demon Bob of Fleet Street. Big Fish. 
That's mm. after Edward. Big Fish wasn't good. Big Fish is great. Shut your tits. You tit. Right, what's my last review going to be? I'm going to review this game. What is it? It's Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which I've been calling Battle Kingdom <laughs> no, it's not. It's, for it's, weeks. Why's it got a picture of kids chained up on it? It hasn't got a picture of kids chained up on it. Why's one of them got... Is that a diaper pushed into its mouth? Yes. This Marapus Rabbits Battle Kingdom surprisingly really really good it's the game that everyone was like going this doesn't exist for ages after Laura Kate Dale revealed the game was actually was a thing that she had heard about with Grant Kirkhope's music and all this sort of stuff and people sent her death threats because Nintendo didn't reveal it at the Switch event so it must have been a lie that she was lying mm. she lied about video games and then they announced it and it came out and I don't think she's got any apologies weird that um, but anyway, it's it's basically kids XCOM, but it's not just kids XCOM. Like they haven't just gone, we're just going to simplify things and leave it at that. They've what they've done is they've got rid of all the management stuff on the large scale. There's still a skill tree to build up your characters on. They don't really level up. It's like when you finish a world, you get some extra health, and then everything else is on the skill tree. Yeah. But the way they've simplified it is, you know, in XCOM when you do your combat. You get into a position, it gives you like a percentage chance of a hit. Mm-hmm. In this, you've either got no percent chance of hitting them, 50% chance or 100% chance, depending on where your positioning is to them, what sort of cover they've got, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that simplifies it to the point where you know you're going to hit, or you might hit, or you're not going to hit. If you're not going to hit, as long as the shot's a clear shot, you might you'll be able to break their cover. Um, but then it puts more of a focus then on the movement. And the way you can move around, you can do stuff like you can run up to an enemy and slide tackle them, but that doesn't use up your space's movement, so you can run right the way back to where you started from to begin with. Mm. So it pays off if they're in the range of your attack, you just run up and slide tackle enemies and do a little bit of damage. You can bounce off your partners, which can do stuff like clean, cleanse them of any um, like status ailments they have. Like if they've got ink on their face, they can't see. Okay. Um, stuff like that. Um, but you can, And some characters like Mario can jump on the opponents when they land. Um, some characters like Princess Peach, if she jumps off of someone when she lands, she puts a little healing aura out for a oh, second. Nice. So you like heal everyone nearby. Um, there's a really good way that the different effects the weapons have can interact with each other. Mm. So some enemies, they're like one enemy, you shoot him and he'll move forward a few spaces. If he gets next to you, he'll smack you with this massive rock. Um, like it's basically like Oblix from Asterix and Oblix, just carrying a massive rock around with him and he'll just like splack it on you. Um, but if you've got like a character who can has the honey effect on their weapons sticks them to the floor so they can't move so you can gang up on them and do lots of damage Um, you know like in Overwatch you have um, in XCOM you have that Overwatch move where it's like your character looks out for movement if someone walks into his range they take a shot Um, a bunch of the characters in this have that and you can team that up with other things like there's a bounce and a push move Mm -hmm. bounce launches the enemy into the air has a chance to knock them out of the arena Um, push will knock them flying back in whatever direction they got shot from if you've got a character who's in the Overwatch mode, when you bounce them or push them, that'll activate the Overwatch, so you can get like a combo going. So if you've got a couple of characters with Overwatch going at once, mm-hmm. you can like juggle the enemy through the air when you're doing attacks. Okay. Um, it's brilliantly thought out. There's stuff like um, other there's other status ailments like fire. That does the same thing. If you get hit with fire and you walk into someone's Overwatch path, hero shot it's called on this, you'll get twatted with a bullet. Um, it's kind of weird a Nintendo game where the characters Mario and that's firing guns. <laughs> yeah, the big old someone, Mega Man blaster-looking things. Yeah, someone already said that the only way they allowed it was they had to make them look ridiculous. Yeah, like like no weapon that could exist. Yeah, they're, all, they're basically like Mega Man blasters. One of the characters got one that's like 
a floating orb between two ring things mm. that fires out. Um, what is it? Luigi has, like, you know the vacuum from Luigi's Mansion? Yeah. But it's a sniper rifle. Oh. So he's, like, your long-range guy. So he just goes, pot shots him from miles away. Um, it gets fiendishly difficult by the third stage. Um, I've had to go back and like upgrade stats and stuff and do extra challenges to get some extra yeah. stuff. Um, in each world as well, there's like certain objects you can't move in the worlds and like once you've gone to the next stage, you'll be able to move them. So you can go back to the previous world and open up new areas. Okay. And there's like a secret chapter on each world. Hmm. Um, we can find more unlockables, character art, like music from the game, 3D models and all this sort of stuff to look at, along with stuff to boost your stats up. Um, the only thing is with that is that like... This, the way you learn those skills is kind of arbitrary. It's just like when you finish the world, it just goes, oh, you can push objects now. Oh, you can carry oh. stuff now. There's no like moment in the game where it goes, here's you learning this, here's how you use it and all this. It just kind of gives you that. Um, the tutorials, I suppose it's keeping the tutorials nice and simple though. It's pretty self-explanatory how to push blocks. You know. Yeah, but like it'd be nice if there was any sort of connective tissue. Just like there yeah. was like a little video where they're like he accidentally leans on one and it falls. Yeah, because it teaches you like the first few stages are like tutorials on how to do movement, slide tackles, jumping, and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. After that, it just lets you go, lets you figure it out yourself. Um, and some of the stages like they mix it up. It's not all just eliminate enemies. Sometimes you have to kill a certain amount of enemies. Sometimes you have to reach a certain point on the map. Um, sometimes you have to protect someone moving through the map. Um, all sorts of little twists like that. Ones where you have to like defeat a boss, um, which has got amazing boss music. Grant Kirkhope's music on this is like probably some of his career best music. Um, he did the music on Ukulele, which everyone remembers. Remember Ukulele? Whew, that came out. Um, but he did the music on Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64 and stuff like that. And, you know, fantastic musician. Um, but this game's. Like there's only little tiny issues I have with it, stuff like that. There's there's a bonus stage you can go to, and if you fail it, it sends you back to the game world, so you have to jump back in to retry the bonus stage, which is okay. a bit irritating. It's a weird way of doing it. Yeah, rather than just letting you restart the bonus stage while you're in that map. That's a bit like the old Kirby way of doing things. Yeah, it's a bit awkward because there's a little bit of a loading time between. It's not too long, but mm. it works. Um, you get the occasional bit of frame rate stutter when, like, especially when effects go off. Sometimes the camera goes close to a character. While they do like a special, like put a shield on or something, and sometimes the frame rate stutters there. Um, it's a stunning looking game though for a Switch game. Like, um, runs using the Snowdrop engine, which is the one that Division used. Oh. Same game engine, and apparently the South Park game uses it. What is that noise out there? Someone's bike, isn't it? Ugh. But anyway, um, someone dying. Maybe it's a dying giraffe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a really surprisingly good XCOM game. If you get fed up with XCOM and you feel like the randomness is like bullshit and you don't like all the management stuff going on in those games, then this is really probably more closer to what you'd want. Mm. It's simplified, but it's more about the fun, the, the movement and all this sort of stuff. Um, surprisingly good game. Not actually developed by Nintendo either, developed by Ubisoft, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised. They actually let the reins off them for a bit. Um, but yeah. It's a, it's a fun, enjoyable strategy game. Nintendo are really good at strategy games. Uh, yeah, they're amazing at strategy games. The freaking Fire Emblem series, Advance Wars, freaking this. Like, I think they. I think Nintendo have a uh, have an issue that a lot of men, uh, lot of uh, pro- producers, a lot of game creators have, and that's they um, don't know when to stop. 
No, I just keep making games forever and ever. No, 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 no. Like in, within that game, they'll like they'll introduce newer and newer. So instead of instead of making new and interesting ways for you to work around with the powers you've got already, they'll add in newer powers. They'll be like, you've now got jump plus one. It's like, oh, nah, Mario skills are all about like friggin' Mario games don't tend to give you new skills. It tends to just right from the start give you everything, and then mm-hmm. it teaches you how to use them as you play the game. You go, here's a trick you can do. Now here's a more complex way to do that trick. There's a level, there's an design effort ethos to the Mario games. Yeah. But these ones are, this is like every stage is split up into two or three battles at a time and there's usually a theme around them going on. And it's it's really nice. You get to fight a big Donkey Kong rabbit on the first stage. That's pretty cool. I found a tricksy way of beating him. Mm. It's like um, he has this pile of bananas in front yeah. of him and he'll just keep eating the bananas and getting his health back. But you're supposed to stand on the platform in front of it to set off this button so the bananas drop and he gets angry. That's when you can attack him. Hmm. Um, but if you send, you have that little explosive car thing you can send, and if you send it towards him, it'll just basically drive up and park on that button because it can't reach him. So you can just leave it there, and the bananas drop, and then you've just got free reign to blast him before he moves to the next one. Um, nice. But um, yeah, like solid creative boss battles, really nice graphics. Friggin' Nintendo have done a good game. Again, they keep doing that on this Switch. It's getting sickening, isn't it? Yeah. How dare they? I'm going to review an interesting game. Just cut me off there. Okay, Both of us have played it. 24 hours more. Both of us have played it. Uh, I don't think either of us have the greatest opinion of it. Star Wars Battlefront. What? So you're just going to review Star Wars Battlefront as the last review of the week? Yeah. Really? Star really? Wars Battlefront and it's season pass. Yeah. So I recently got... So you got the full game? The full game plus the season pass. No, that's the full game. Yeah. <laughs> I recently bought the full game for three pound seventy four, oh. and I'm still disappointed. Yeah, of course, sure. it's not a very good game, Star Wars Battlefront. No, it's not. Like my problem is that recently this month, Games of Gold they've released Battlefield Three as the Games of Gold. Yeah, and I remember Battlefield Three. I spent hours playing. I've played it to death. I really, and I don't know why I'm considering going back and playing it again now, but I am, um, and. It, and that game has a lot going on with it. Massive maps. It feels very free. There's vehicles everywhere. You yeah, just Battlefield jump. Battlefield 3 is a great game. Yeah. Friggin' one of the best Battlefield games. But then you go and you play something like Star Wars Battlefront. Mm. And it's like, hey, you know what? You remember all that freedom we gave you on the last gen? Nah, we'll take that away. Well, they, they didn't want to do regular Battlefront the way it was before. They So they wanted to push you into a first-person viewpoint. Because mm-hmm. it clearly plays better like that. They didn't want to let you just jump on a vehicle or mm-hmm. anything. They wanted to, like, battlefieldize it. Yeah. But they sort of met halfway. Well, no, they didn't, because it's things like the vehicles. You could go to a vehicle point, you you activate it, and then you could jump in a vehicle, right? Yeah. That was how Battlefront worked. Yeah, and you have to hope there's a vehicle slot free yeah. on this one, don't you? Yeah. Which is... Uh... It just... It, it, it all feels <laughs> so restrictive. It feels like you're in a glass mm. tank of shit. Yeah. Because... Um, it shouldn't work so that you collect a token, then you press two shoulder buttons and you're in a vehicle. It should be a case of you run to the fucking landing strip, you jump in a vehicle, you're in a vehicle. Yeah. Make it more like a battle. It's not like there's not enough players to no. let you have people on the ground and in the sky and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, because the original Battlefronts had like um, they had levels that were entirely on foot and they only had small vehicles. Yeah. But then they had like the bigger ones. But I remember playing the Hoff level on, on that... Um, beta they did and it just didn't feel like the Hoff level when you mm. only like a couple of players at a time were flying around in snow in the A-wings you had like you had trenches yeah everywhere yeah 
compared to the old Hoff level in Battlefront 2 is like probably one of the best versions of that. Yeah. It's fantastic. Even Shadow of the Empire had a better fucking had a better Hoff level. Oh, Shadow of the Empire is a classic. A really, really difficult to control, clunky, painful to play classic. And would you play as Han Solo's brother? No, you don't. He's just a guy called Dash Render. I know, it was a joke. He's not Han Solo's brother. And that's a joke. Han Solo doesn't have a brother, or does he? We'll find out in the film Star Wars story, Han Solo, Untitled Project. <laughs> Directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's, it's just not worth it. Don't get Battlefront. That's, I mean, like, I. what else can I say? We've already said this. We've already been through this. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Why the difference in perspective is just the fact that I've spent an extra amount of money to get all the extra maps and shit, and it still feels like there's not enough heroes. The fact you have to grab a token to be a hero, hmm. instead of just being put in a cycle where one person's a hero, when they die, next person's a hero, when they die, next person's a hero. Instead of doing that, they've just made it arbitrary and made it so that the same people can get the same token by just camping. The whole thing's dog shit. Like, it was just really poorly designed. God, EA was sucking their dick, their own dick, so fucking much when that was released. They were like, oh, look how good everything looks. No, it doesn't. It doesn't even look good. The weapons are dog shit. Everything's dog shit. Like, why didn't they just say, okay, what do you want? Because we've made this beta, and then we've also made this beta. One's a third person, one's a first person. One works so you've got these massive open spaces and you only fight each other. You can switch from first person to third person whenever you want. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah. Oh. It's a viewpoint thing, but it, it clearly plays better in first person because it's designed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, to... just Why not just give you a map and let you fight? Why does it have to be, you've got to make sure you secure you secure beacon number seven. If you don't well, Battlefront was like that. But the original Battlefront had um, points you had to capture. and yeah, but You had a choice to play other modes. Yeah, yeah. This is it's essentially one mode in this. Yeah. So bad. I hate it. I give it an Adam Sandler. An Adam Sandler. Yeah. You cynical git. You excited for Battlefront 2? No. Yeah, you are. You're going to get Battlefront 2. I'm just going to go back to playing Battlefield 3. Yeah. Yeah. Battlefield 1's going into the whole um they're updating it constantly now, aren't they? And they're yeah. like they're sort of changing it. I, I wanted to get Battlefront 1, Battlefield 1. Because it was, it was all right, just... You can borrow my copy if you want. I haven't got, I haven't got an Xbox One. No, I've got it on PS4. you got a PS, PS4? Yeah. Mm. I think Paul's got it. But they um, it was all right, but it did feel a little bit like Battlefront in the how, how it controlled, mm. which bothered me. And I, I'm, cause I, you know, I worked on the games, I freaking know how they feel. Yeah. And it felt different to me. It felt me. different to everyone. I didn't yeah. like... After Battlefield 4, where Battlefield 4 was kind of like, hey, guess what? People like playing big open spaces and fighting each other a lot. Yeah. Let's let's maybe do that again. It's like, we were in World War One, Restrict them. They had some really big maps on Battlefield 1. Yeah, there's a couple, but it's just, they mm. feel very samey. Yeah. It's been, yeah. A lot of the fights in World War One were, you know, mm. trench warfare, big open fields or a desert. That's like the three, yeah. the three places. There's a bad company too, probably has the best variety of maps. Like they had that freaking awesome um was that map that was like in the Vietnam expansion where like half the maps are forest and when you go around the corner to from point B to C it's like been napalmed and everything's burnt to the ground. There's also the one where there's two islands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some classic maps on there. They, did they put Harvest Day in Battlefield One or not? There was a map that looked really similar to it on the videos. But you can um you can borrow Battlefield One to see what you think of that, but 
Yeah, that's a downtrodden way to end the podcast. Yeah, that's why I said, didn't you have anything else um, that you watched? Didn't you see Wind River? I did. Wind River's an excellent movie. Yeah, so you should have reviewed Wind, that review instead Wind of Battle. I'll review Wind River. Fight. Yeah, Wind yeah. River is the story of a, of a policeman on a nature reserve, um, an Indian reserve, sorry, who uh, is investigating the murder of a girl who has been found halfway, be- well, six miles away from anything. She essentially has been beaten and at some point raped, and she has escaped her captors only to run out into the horrible freezing tundra that is the uh, the harsh wilderness that these people live. Uh, cue Jeremy Renner, who discovers her when he's hunting a lion that's been taking out local game and and uh, game and farm farm animals, um, and, and you know, from there it, it turns into uh, the FBI are introduced, played by Elizabeth Olsen. She is searching for uh, a reason that this girl has been out there. She they've approximated that six miles barefoot in the snow hmm. with adequate protection, six miles in the freezing cold. And that's repeated throughout the film. It's a it's a theme that this was this was a warrior's journey. This isn't something normal people can do. They explain what happens to you in those sort of cold conditions. Yeah. So you start getting tired and almost immediately. Your body wants to stop and you want to just hit the ground. The problem is that the lower down you get, the closer you are to that snow. And, and, and basically, when you drop to about two feet away from the snow, it's like breathing in air from a fridge freezer if it was cranked up about 60 times. Sounds quite fresh. So what happens is that air gets into your lungs hmm. and your lungs start, crystals start forming where it freezes yeah, yeah. freezes the moisture in That'd your lungs. Suck. And then you start, you start, essentially just blood starts building up in your lungs. Nice. Um, this girl, six miles. Six miles. It is constantly explained. It's an incredible feat. And slowly, Jeremy Renner helps Elizabeth Olsen track down exactly what's happened. He uses his skills as a hunter, as a tracker, and, and someone who knows the area and knows the people to help sort of piece together what's happened. And there's some humorous elements in it. It's a very human drama. So the way that people talk to each other. Um, Jeremy Renner becomes incredibly invested because you discover that his young daughter was um, was also killed in a similar circumstance. So she disappeared one day after mm. a party at her house. Um, uh, only to be found dead and they never found the killers and turns out that his daughter was actually best friends with the girl who was found when they say the killers this not um, the band no not the band oh no nor lost prophets who had an actual he didn't kill he just wanted to rape a baby yeah Um, it would be ironic if the killers did kill yeah it would wouldn't it they're Mormons though Uh, so they probably won't ever kill probably just some freaky shit Probably did a bunch of freaky shit. They wear special underwear that you can fuck with. Fuck with. They say that. Um, so, uh, yeah, Wind River. It's a harrowing, harrowing movie. It's made by the same people that did um, uh, Hell or High Water. Yeah. Which is a great fucking film. And uh, and it's it's all about sweeping vistas. It's all about people, drama, emotion. Um as I said, the um, the girl has gone missing. The girl they find dead, sorry. It turns out that she was best friends with Jeremy Renner's daughter back in the day when they were in school together. Um, and when he goes to meet the man, I've, I've not seen a scene acted so perfectly as when um, Elizabeth Olsen is basically in the house. Um, she goes and she's talking to the she's talking to the husband who's just lost his daughter. And she says to him, you know, uh, where's your wife? Can I question your wife? Because he's very upset. He's very aggressive about it all. Um, and he's like, oh, she's in the bedroom. Go ahead. Go fucking talk to her. And she goes and opens the door and there's just a woman who is who is just 
basically just running a knife across her wrist and cutting herself. And it, I don't know if anyone deals with mental illness, but a lot of people do that because it, it feels like you're relieving pressure, tension um, mm. in the release. Of, it, when you experience pain, it introduces clarity. Mm. It's a weird thing, but, you know, it happens. Uh, but this woman is, is just harming herself. Just trying to stop the pain, trying to draw some clarity. She's cutting herself. There's bloody real. Elizabeth Olsen immediately and probably again fine acting all around. Just in, incredible performances. Um, for most scenes, it, I would say it's just fine. But for scenes when there's real emotional grit, where the character has to emote properly on screen, I haven't seen acting this good for a very long time. It's nice to see this because most of the time you do get fake English American man. Mm. Like just being like, being like, God damn my hands! Elizabeth no! Olsen's kind of been uh, taking the, I wouldn't say the easier roles, but she's not been doing the dramatic roles. No. I but mean, this, this she's she basically is. been Scarlet Witch and whatever her character's name was in Godzilla recently. Oh, yeah, before that, she was doing <laughs> loads of really good stuff. Yeah. No, she's yeah. the good Olsen kid. Yeah. The one who isn't a mess. Oh, she did um, Arthur Mary. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, that was a great film. Yeah. Um, but in this, there's, uh, yeah, sorry. So, so yeah, she goes and she sees the woman cutting herself. Um, and then Jeremy Renner's outside. And the, the guy, I can't remember the name of the guy that plays the dad, but he's really famous. He's in loads of stuff. He's in so much shit. I think he's the guy who plays the Indian chief in uh, Parks and Recreation. No, I don't know. But... Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he goes out to Jeremy Renner. He goes, he goes, you find out who did this. You help, you're helping that FBI lady. He's like, yeah, planning to. He goes, you find out who did this. They don't survive. He's like, he's like, I wasn't planning on letting him go. It's like, I mean, they don't get arrested. They disappear. And he's like, he's like, I'll do what I can. It's like, you do what you can. And it's like this weird low-level code. But um, oh, just it's a, it's a fucking great movie. I can't be more excited about it. It's going to definitely be in for an Oscar. You're so excited know. about you decided to review Star Wars back. I know, I forgot all about it. Because <laughs> I saw this just after we reviewed, yeah. we did the last podcast. So it's always... The stuff it's like dramas like that don't get seed nowadays. Like no. years ago, like Mystic River's probably the last time a big crime drama came out that everyone like loved and went to see. Like nowadays, it's all kind of... Like, I used to love stuff like that, like LA Confidential and all that. Yeah. LA Confidential is one of my favourite films of all time, despite the oddly upbeat ending for a blooming noir. But... um. Yeah, no one watches those films now. At least they don't get like Manchester the play. by the Sea got a lot of. Yeah, and this is this is better than Manchester by the Sea. Mm. A lot better. Yeah, this is. It is so succinct. There's a great John Burnfall, Burfinal, Bethanal, Burnfall, Burnfall. Yeah. There's a great Punisher. John Burnfall carrier. So wait, this it. film's got Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and the Punisher yeah. in it. Yeah, and Jesus. it's not a Marvel movie. Oh God! But um, holy shit, does he have a great role in it? I actually really like him in this. He's not, nice. in it, not in it much, but he doesn't turn up in films much at all. That seems no, to be his thing, isn't it? Yeah, he just turns up as carry it. But yeah, in this, he's yeah. really good, really, really good. There's a fucking load of harrowing scenes, but he acts the shit out of his stuff. Hmm. Um, God, fucking damn, it's great. Wind River, it's a Tom Atkins. It's hmm. probably one of the best films this year, and this year has been the year of the big sick and fucking and get and, out. Get Out and fucking yeah, Baby Driver uh, Baby Driver it's been a great year for film yeah like there's been so Power many Power Rangers Power yeah, Rangers Work of Art probably yeah, the greatest great. film of all time Guardians of the Galaxy 2 broke the mould for Marvel movies mm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was essentially James Gunn going guys I know they're all bad except for these let's do everything the opposite of what everyone else is doing firstly bad guy's got hair secondly he's got motive thirdly probably some Oedipus complex and then <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I like it. I like I like what's happening with them. I like that there's a lot of people saying, well, this isn't, it doesn't have to I be. Like Sony time. Pictures say, was it Sony who's complaining about their box office not being as high as it should be? Because yeah. the only big film they've had that's been a success was Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And that's probably because it was tied to the Marvel Universe. I think if that wasn't tied to the Marvel Universe and they just rebooted Spider-Man again, no one would give a shit. No, they wouldn't. Huh. It was actually pretty good as well. Yeah, it was, it was good. But what else did they make this year? Emoji Movie. There's one. Uh, <laughs> Freaking... This may have been a Sony Pictures movie. Really? Yeah. <sighs> if it was, great. Um, <laughs> they do make loads of... Actually, they, they often make a load of like Oscar stuff, don't they? So Yeah. So that's probably what it is. It's like Sony Searchlight, isn't it? Or it's been some good Fox stuff, though. So we've only had... The, what was it? Wonder Woman was good. I didn't like Wonder Woman as much as you did. I think it was okay. I think it's a lot better than anything else DC have made. Mm. The whole got Justice League coming up. Yeah, that's coming out this year. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it seems to be a trend now that films are getting taken over by other directors as well. Mm. This one has now become Joss Whedon's Justice League, and apparently they have reshot quite a bit. And um, everyone's seen it. I've seen, seen the nerds complaining online that Wonder Woman's in the promos for it a lot more than she was in the other ones. And it's like, because her film's the only one that's made money. Yeah, she's the only established <laughs> hero at this point. Yeah. Suicide Squad made a lot of money. That's worrying. Won a fucking Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oscar winning movie, Suicide Squad. Oh, God fucking damn it. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, does the Blu-ray have the little picture of the Oscar on the front? Winner of one Academy Award. Let's have a look. <laughs> I reckon the 4K one will. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when you can really see how bad the makeup is. I reckon um, friggin' um, Gardens Galaxy 2 will get a makeup one this year, next year. You reckon? Yeah. Like, either that or... Um, What's the new Guillermo del Toro film? Oh, The Shape, Shape of Water. Water. Yeah, which blatantly looks like an Abe Sapien prequel, doesn't it? That's what people have been saying. Yeah. It would be pretty cool if it did turn out to be the Abe Sapien origin movie. Because the design looks more like the darker design they're going for with Hellboy, with the new yeah. Hellboy. Because loads of people say, oh, it looks exactly like the other Hellboy. So there's only so many ways you can paint a guy red and put horns on his head. Like, yeah. Or cut off horns. Yeah. He looks a lot more um, aggressive in the new one. Yeah. Because you could either, with, with Hellboy, you either look like that, you either go the studio route and make him not look like Hellboy and sanitise him. Because didn't they originally, they wanted Ron Perlman's Hellboy, his skin to go red when he went into fights and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they didn't want to make him look like a devil all the time. And if you made him look like the comic book version, you'd have to CGI the hell out of him to make his proportions weird and give him cloven hooves and bent legs and all that sort of stuff, wouldn't you? But they wouldn't do that. Cost too much. But um, I like the look of it. But Wind River. Wind River, it's uh, Tom Atkins. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah. It's it's the kind of movie that I would recommend getting on Blu-ray or 4K. If you've got the if you've got the capacity to watch those films at their best, then watch them at their best because this is I would if you bought me a 4K TV. This is tiny details. Like there is a scene in which you've just got you've just got a, a top down shot of someone walking through the snow. You can see their footprints in the cinema, you can see the fucking what they're walking towards, you can see the trees and just the contrast of the colours. It's like almost every shot in this is a picture that you could take and you can mount a wall and someone be like, oh god, that's a fucking great picture. It really is, it's incredible. Just see it. Just watch Wind River because it is... There, it, it's it's going to be... the best a... Marvel film this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a drama that matches it this year. Yeah. No. No. I've heard doing really mixed things about Mother. You know, the new Darren Aronofsky film. 
I think with Aronofsky, there's like a certain amount of people who just believe everything he makes is a work of art. And there's a bunch of people who are willing to admit that some of his stuff is nonsense. Like The Fountain. Actually, I like The Fountain. It's a mess though, isn't it? It's a mess, but I like... The the Fountain visually is fucking Mm. incredible. It's not as good as Requiem for a Dream. Or um, friggin' Black Swan. Or The Wrestler. The Wrestler's a fucking fantastic film. Yeah. Yeah. Wind River, it's out now next week. Is it? Is out soon? It's out soon, isn't it? It's not. It's only just come out over the year, isn't it? Yeah. Because you saw the preview thing. Didn't I did. It? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we managed to finish under two hours. Well done. Thank you. I was trying to be quicker for you. Yeah. I was trying to be yeah. quicker, and I was trying to do stuff that that was a bit more interesting. I think the intro worked a bit better this time. Yeah. 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 No paedophilia this week. Oh yeah, Trump fucks kids. Yeah. You're right. Hashtag, Trump does fuck hashtag kids. Trump fucks kids. <laughs> hashtag Trump for kids, yeah. assholes. <laughs> oh, um, I was going to ask you before we finish up, just quickly. So they've announced that Doom and uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 2. 2 are going to yeah. the Switch. I'm actually tempted to buy Doom on Switch. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought myself that I was like, I was like, it doesn't have Snap Map mode though. But um, I'm not too fussed about that. Is that just the downloadable multiplayer? Stuff? That's the thing where you can make your own levels, wasn't it? Yeah. Someone remade multiplayer levels from Doom 64 in it, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. But um, yeah, it doesn't have that. But the multiplayer you have to download separately, but that's okay because if you're going to play online multiplayer, you're going to have an online connection, so mm-hmm. whatever. But um, yeah, friggin' Doom on the on the Switch. I want to see it. I've seen a little really short trailer. It doesn't look as good. And um, But apparently like the Switch can handle certain graphical tricks that the um, Xbox One and PS4 aren't equipped for, mm. apparently. So that'll be interesting. But it's Doom. As long what as it is runs the RAM fast. in the Switch? I don't know, 412 gigs of RAM? I don't know. Probably not. It's probably, it is probably like <laughs> three about, or four gig. It's got to be about, yeah, for that sort of power, it's got to be like four to eight gig. Cause the PS4 is for eight gig, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think the Pro's got 12, hasn't it? Something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's eight still. Is it? Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to get Doom. A Mario Odyssey. Maybe Fire Emblem Hero Warriors because Dynasty Warriors games with Fire Emblem characters. It's pretty... You're not going to get Wolfenstein. It I won't have multiplayer, so it won't be the most replayable yeah. game, and it'll go down dirt cheap. Soon. Yeah, I'll get it on PC. I'm get that. Yeah, I've got Doom on PC. I just want the idea of being able to sit on the toilet playing Doom. Mm. I want the 3D, you know, the 3D Rumble. What they call? We've got oh, HD yeah, Rumble. Cool. Yeah, I want that to really feel like I'm cracking As someone's skull. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to feel the eye squish. Yeah. And the skull get ripped apart. <laughs> But yeah. Bye. Oh, um, oh, you can find me at no. You can find Anne at LV fifty four Space Monkey on Twitter. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Search for the one that has views and has actual videos. Uh, you can find yeah. me at Chris Apocalypse and the same on YouTube. Sure. I don't do anything on YouTube, but like I'm there. You're there. You turn up. Mm. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Love you. Sweet dreams. Love Trump you. fucks kids. Yeah. Hashtag Trump for kids. Assholes. <laughs>